who you uniquely are is who we need you to be. And comparison and, you know, trying to be something different than who you are or trying to match someone else, it really takes away this beautiful opportunity to leave an impact on the world that no one else can. Well, hello there and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Praxis is the college-age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California. And this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I'm your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of the college-age community at Three Crosses Church. And we're so glad you're here. Well, uh, we are continuing on in this inaugural season of the Praxis Podcast, uh, talking about mental health and faith. And uh, we started off the season with just kind of the what, the why, the who of mental health. And now this episode kind of begins to get us into kind of the individual topics that we're going to be discussing under the umbrella of mental health. And I am joined today by my good friend, Katie Dennis. Hello, Katie. Hey. We are excited to uh, get into today's conversation, uh, talking about the topic of identity, who we are, and um, how our sense of who we are impacts our mental health. Yeah. And uh, before we get to that, um, <laughs> I want to do something I want to call precious moment. Okay? Yes. Precious moment. You know, I'm like definitely <laughs> picturing the figurine. Yeah. I, I saw that in my mind as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the precious moment uh, is this, is just what is something that's made you smile recently? You just think back today, the last couple of days, this season, what's just something that brings a smile to your face when you think about it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, even this morning on my drive over, you know, after yeah. uh, coming this way and coming to Three Crosses for the first time, um, as I'm driving, it's rainbow weather which means that we got a little bit of sun and a little bit of rain. And as I'm pulling up, there's a big, huge rainbow in the direction that I'm going. So that definitely made me smile because for our family, that's a trifecta of love <laughs> between my husband, myself, and God. It's just a reminder that he's with us. So I was like, here we go. <laughs> Amen. That's beautiful. I think for me, I was just reflecting on uh, something that's made me smile recently is my four-year-old daughter Eden's voice, mm. you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like just the things that she can say and can't say, like, <laughs> I, I cross the street, you know, yeah. or why did you do that? You know, she just <laughs> has this little voice that makes me smile. And uh, I just, I drive her to school every day and just listening to the things that she has to say yeah. makes me laugh. You so, got to get a recording of that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Well, as we get into today's conversation, want to read kind of the disclaimer with which we begin ep every episode, which is this, that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. Well, we are getting into this conversation about yeah. identity. And Katie, you know, in preparation for this conversation, um, you know, I was kind of reading through the notes. We have a little Google Doc where we're sharing ideas as we kind of go through the season. And um, honestly, I think for me, I was surprised to see identity kind of at the top of the list. It just wasn't like the first thing that came to mind when mm -hmm. I thought about mental health. I think about anxiety. I think about stress, which were things we're going to be talking about later in this season. But uh, you wrote in that document that identity and discussion around that, it's super foundational for your everyday 
work. And uh, that was something that I didn't expect. Yeah. So um, why is identity kind of at the top of your list and top of your list as a therapist? And, and why, why would you say that is? Yeah, I think um, for myself, uh, you know, I'm a therapist that specializes in young adults. So all of that is um, happening. All of that prefrontal lobe is opening up <laughs> and all those <laughs> big questions of who am I? Why are we here? Sure. Who is the world yeah. <laughs> or what is the world even? Um, all start to really pop out. And so, um, you know, that's a key developmental stage. So I interacted with that a lot, but also, uh, in my own kind of like purpose as a therapist, I really do feel like part of what I've been called to do is really help people return to their most authentic version of themselves. So we, you know, experience traumas or we have lies told to us or different situations and it makes us doubt who we were originally kind of designed to be. And so I feel like that's like a specific thing to me in terms of knowing who I am, living according to that. And then anxiety, depression, doubt, self-esteem increases, but those other things decrease because um, you're not at like a dissonance within anymore. You know who you are. Mm. Okay, so you're kind of saying that identity is sort of like this bedrock, and when mm -hmm. that's kind of unsettled, when there's unhealth there, that it can kind of impact these other areas yeah. of our life and kind of present these other maybe symptoms or problems that if mm -hmm. we can address, or you can address uh, in in your work, kind of the identity question with somebody, that it can bring healing to these other areas of their lives. Yeah, for sure, and empower someone to... Um like walk more fully in their purpose and all those things. So then you're feeling more confident, you're feeling capable, you're feeling known because you know yourself and that leads to connection and relationship and all those things. So I do think it's kind of a pivotal stone in the foundation of health. Yeah, great. When we're talking about kind of the things that form our identity, like what are we exactly talking about? We're talking about, you know, someone's sense of identity, like what, what forms who we are? <laughs> <laughs> what makes us us? You know, just a light question. Great uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> trying to figure it out still. <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah. how would you answer that? Yeah. So uh, just like I said, it is something that happens over a lifetime. <laughs> you know, it's constantly evolving and changing. Um, you know, and like kind of the cornerstone therapist on that or a researcher is this guy named Erickson. Anybody who's taken an intro psych class knows Eric Erickson. Okay. <laughs> and he like, did the eight stages of development. And one of those is identity versus role confusion. Mm. And so that really is coming into like a understanding of continuity within self and interaction with others. So it's the things that include external import, input and also internal input, right? So there's a lot of things that form our identity that are outside of our control. The mm. color of our skin, the height we are. I'm 6'2". <laughs> That's out of <laughs> Yes, my I met Katie in person for the first time today, and I'd only seen her on Zoom, and I was like, I wasn't expecting that. You know? <laughs> you're a very tall person. I'm 5'7", I'm and you're like, yeah, I, yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> I do get that a lot. Yeah, so that's outside of my control, right? And it becomes a part of my identity because it's the first thing that people see about me. Mm. And also the conversation starter, right? What home I was born into, socioeconomic status, where in the world, right? There's so many things that are outside of our control that mm. kind of facilitate into that, yeah. right? And impact that. And then there are things that are within our control that maybe if we have a spark of interest towards like art or something, maybe creativity or being creative is a part of how we were designed, but it hadn't been unlocked yet. Mm. 
And so it's also taking the risk to explore new things and try new things on and see if they're a match at different stages in our life, you know. So to me, it's more about character traits yeah. than necessarily a role that you're fulfilling. Because I could always be caring, compassionate, interested in medicine, whether I'm a doctor, a nurse, or a stay-at-home mom because that's what fits my family better. Yeah. I'm still those things. Yes. Yeah. So identity, obviously it's, it's multi-layered for sure. And, um, I was thinking about those two words like nature and nurture, Mm -hmm. you know, of Mm -hmm. just kind of, you were talking about the things I can't control. Maybe that's nature. Mm -hmm. There's the things I can, or kind of what, what do I nurture within myself? What is nurtured within me? Mm -hmm. Like I, I showed an interest in music at a young age and my parents were like, you should play the saxophone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I like this band called tower of power, which is from Oakland. (laughs) Uh, Shout out tower of power, (laughs) East Bay soul. But, uh, I I know tower of power. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw them as a kid at the county fair and I was like man I want to be like that guy and so my parents were like well uh, we'll we'll buy you a sax you know and so they got me a saxophone I started taking lessons I ended up majoring in music at UC Davis and I would say that that's a part of my story it's a part of my soul you know and was there something there within me that like yes this is like kind of accords in some fashion with like the way that I am but it was also something that people saw in me and they mm-hmm. encouraged it was something I went along with and I embraced myself and that's that's all this like dynamic process right it's not like a yeah you were born to play the saxophone like I don't know if I would say that uh, but um but maybe musically inclined yeah yes I can hold a tune other people find that more challenging yeah you know I don't know <laughs> so um I'm yeah. not gonna sing on here okay so. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say it Katie yeah. um so I do think that that is it's it's interesting and uh, that's why we're talking about it yeah, because it sure. is it's complex you mentioned kind of how identity issue you know things where our identity is unsettled or unsure um can lead to other issues so uh you know what what kind of can go wrong when we don't have a strong sense of who we are, like what does or what can that look like? Yeah, dum dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm sure people who are listening <laughs> experience some of that dissonance, right. you know. And so, what, what, just to kind of in your work or from your perspective, like, how how does this go wrong when we don't have this sense of identity or we're discovering it or it's in flux? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think while it, um, you know, there's multi layers for that, we're all so individual that it's going to display itself in different ways for each person but some kind of some common ways are that you're you might experience some anxiety around being found out and if you're not living authentic to yourself or trying to discover who that might be and as you're experimenting with different things and trying them on trying things out you know you're going to fail at some things and so then that can also impact self-esteem you know how you're feeling about yourself Uh, if you're not with safe people, right, you know, because you're not recognizing your own worth and value, then they might also um, kind of tear you down for making mistakes or trying things on or changing throughout a normal process of change, you know, (laughs) and discovery. Um, And so that can lead to depression and not feeling good enough, you know, and unable or unaccepted. And really, I think that's all kind of... um, uh, you know, super impactful to the idea of all of us really just want to be loved, known, understood, 
loved and love others, right? And so when I'm able to start doing that for myself, I'm able to start doing that with other people and also receiving it from other people. So in that in-between time, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt. You could find yourself in unhealthy relationships, settling for things, not feeling like you're moving forward, and just uh, generalized kind of anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Yeah, so a lot of things. Right. Yes. (laughs) Right, yeah. And it can also show itself physically, too. You know, Mm -hmm. people get upset stomachs and different things like that because they're just not feeling, um, you know, uh, rooted into um, the way they want to live life because they don't know yet. Yeah, so it's not just kind of a a mental disease. We can spill over into our physical health. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining people listening, you know, just kind of like you're so kind of twisted up about something that you feel sick, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's maybe manifesting in physical symptoms. And you're saying that's not strange. No, in fact, it's very normal. And I think specific to this audience, like one thing that I really want to say is like, you don't have to have your whole life figured out and what you want to do and who you want to be and who you want to be in relationship with by the time you're 23. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what are we talking about? (laughs) You know, like, you know, in my own journey, you know, I was going to be a preschool teacher, a kindergarten teacher, middle school high school you know just like keep progressing up right (laughs) English teacher uh I worked in accounting I was a warehouse manager for a while wow and then eventually I found psychology Mm. and eventually I got it and I didn't go to grad school until I was 29 yeah and now I know that I know that I know that this is what I want to do, who it is that is authentic to me. I feel purpose and meaning in every day that I get to work with people in the way that I do. It's a great privilege. But that was a journey. Yeah. That w- that took some time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, you know, 19-year-old me did not know what 29-year-old was going to end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of giving some, some freedom there some of grace, like, a, man, man, I need... I need to have this figured out or I, I want to have it figured out. Maybe that's part of our identity is mm-hmm. like, I got to fit all these pieces together now and they're not fitting. And so I'm feeling unwell. Yes. You know, I'm feeling this dissonance and like I'm failing yeah. and you're not. Come on now. You're yeah. not. Yeah. You know, I was reflecting on this identity topic and I, um, I was thinking about the work of Henry Nowen, who's one of my yes. favorite authors. You're now in fact, I love a Nowen. Let's go. <laughs> Um, and I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, we got music and that one. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I was thumbing back through some of my, I mean, his books are incredible. I, he wrote a book called in the name of Jesus, which is like a reflection on Christian leadership and, um, the return of the prodigal son, which is an mm-hmm. incredible book. And, um, and he wrote a book called, I think the life of the beloved maybe. Mm-hmm. And he talks about these, that's kind of a book about identity. Yeah. And really identity is one of the key themes of his work. And um, I was listening back to like a, a sermon that he gave. And he, he talked about these kind of three lies that we can believe about ourselves. Mm. He talks about I am what I do. Mm-hmm. I am what I have. Mm-hmm. And I am what other people say about me. Yeah. And I was just thinking about when we on some level functionally are believing one of those three things mm-hmm. that really is impacting our identity. Yes. Right. Like we're talking about I, what, my, what I have, whether that's material wealth or that's accomplishments or what, what I do, you know, am I pleasing my parents? Mm-hmm. Am I pursuing the career path that they want for me? Mm-hmm. You know, am, am I, I am what I have. How much clout do I have? You know, mm-hmm. like social media presence Followers. or do people <laughs> speak well of me? You know, and it, yeah. it hurts me if not everybody is saying the things I want them to say about me. And, um, 
you know, do, do you think that those three categories, you know, I am what I have, I am what I do, do those speak to some of the identity issues that we can experience? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, 100%. I mean, that's really kind of the lies that I'm talking about, you know, like from the beginning, right? Sure. Because, uh, you know, I'm a glasses wearer. And sometimes people have a view that they see of us that's out of date. So I have to get my prescription updated every couple of years, right? In order to make sure that I'm seeing correctly. And sometimes I think we forget that the people in our lives can have an outdated version of us. They could have a distorted view of us. And what they're seeing isn't necessarily accurate of who we are, Mm. right? And so um, to be able to uh, really pursue that, you know, part of that in terms of um, praxis is also um, like who has God made me to be, you know, and who does he say I am when I'm in doubt, you know, because that's going to be a source of truth versus the negative things that other people might say. And the other piece of that too is roles always change. You know, athletes tear their Achilles and can't do things anymore. But is the person still the person independent Mm -hmm. of what they're doing is what we're trying to hit on. Right. And so now one sums it up better than I can. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out he's an expert. (laughs) He's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love me some now. And yeah. So no, of course. Yes. Yeah. What do you see as maybe like some key foundational pieces of identity in terms of like your role as a pastor? Well, um, and I think that that's part of Nowen's answer, and mm-hmm. that's kind of in that title, is he talks about our primary identity um, being rooted in our belovedness, mm. that we are the treasured children of God, irrespective of what we do or what we have or what people say about mm-hmm. us, like what you were saying. And I think we can experience health to the degree that we internalize and live out that reality. You know, I think about when Jesus comes up out of the water after he's baptized and this voice from heaven is coming and saying, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. And um, this incredible blessing. And I think about just, um, I think blessing is an incredible category and explains like so much of how, what we do with our lives. We're looking for blessing, you know, whether that's like, it's, it's approval from, a certain group of people or from an important person in our life or just like to prove to ourselves that we have what it takes. We're looking for blessing. And uh, I mean, the Bible just makes clear that we have every blessing available in Christ Jesus Yeah, by grace through faith. That can be like the bedrock of my identity. And it is. It's the only firm foundation Yes, I agree. for our identity, right, from our, our perspective. And, um, you know, the reality of who we are as followers of Jesus, as beloved children of God. So that the more that that can like sink into me and I can kind of lift the weight of my identity off of my performance or my possession or my reputation, the more I'm going to experience health. You yeah, know? for sure. Well, it's what you're really, what's coming to mind for me is like, if I can rest in the theme of being the beloved child, then all the specific details become less of the thing that I'm focused on. If I'm focused on the theme, the core, the truth, right, then all the specific details of each day or what people say or how this goes or what I end up trying out and taking off, you know, those things can, um, can be less impactful because I'm rooted in the idea of I'm already loved. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking, I think of this uh, illustration a lot of like being open-handed versus yeah. closed fist, mm-hmm. you know, and I think like we're saying already, like discovering your identity, your uniqueness is a journey. 
Yes. You know, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that dawns over time. And when, you know, if I'm kind of building my identity foundation on the I am what I do and what I have, then I'm going to be a lot more closed fisted about that journey. You know, and I'm just going to be like white knuckling it. I'm going to be anxious. Shining. I'm going to be clenching my teeth because it's like, I got, this has to pan out. You know, I can't right. be a failure. But when I have this foundation as my belovedness, you know, and just, man, God, I'm blessed in every way because because God so loved the world, you know, I have this confidence and this firm foundation that I could be a lot more open-handed about the journey. It's like, uh, I might find my thing, you know, when I'm 20, I might find it when I'm 30. It's, it's going to be this, this lifelong process of discovery. And I can even have a, a peace and a joy about all the twists and turns that my story is going to take because I'm, I feel secure. Yeah. And, and in the absence of that, I'm depending on the figuring it out mm -hmm. to be the source of my security. And that, you know, ends up with the, the ulcers and, the, you know, all <laughs> the things that we were talking about. Totally. Yeah. And I, the thing that also comes to mind that, um, you know, I think is really valuable and would probably be like my last thing, if I could ever say it in this world, like the thing I would want to be known for. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> is um, this idea that um, who you uniquely are is who we need you to be. And comparison and, you know, trying to be something different than who you are or trying to match someone else, it really takes away this beautiful opportunity to leave an impact on the world that no one else can. And if each of us are made in the image of God, right, then I learn something about who he is by knowing you. And I learn something different about who he is by knowing someone else. Yeah. And I can learn about his creativity through the artists. I can learn about his structure through the, uh, you know, admin, <laughs> you know, sure. roles yes. or accounting or all that stuff, his provision, right? And so uh, I just really feel so, um, it's so important to embrace the unique you that you are yeah. and to live that out and not be hiding because it doesn't look like somebody else yeah mm. we need you to be uniquely you yeah. right to see the fullness of god yeah right. that's beautiful um kind of as we're thinking about you know maybe we're sitting out here listening today of like a yeah i'm on this journey you know maybe i've been pretty close-fisted about it or it's just kind of been causing some distress in me yeah. you know like how do we go from kind of kind of twisted muddled to more of an open-handedness you know, i'm thinking too about like ways that we get to know ourselves there's a lot of assessments out there <laughs> there's sure. a lot of we haven't even talked yeah. about the enneagram we're like 20 minutes I into know. this podcast i know what are uh, we doing there's the myers briggs there's <laughs> yeah. the, there's personality tests yes. there's you know which taylor Strength. swift song are you Strength you know like, yeah <laughs> i like strength finder <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, and i'm an assessment person i think they're really interesting <laughs> yes but you know are those those kind of tools can they help us you know on our journey of discovery like where, what would you say those might the role they might play in finding a stronger sense of identity. Yeah, I think for sure, you know, if you're able to answer those quickly, honestly, you know, not like really rustle back and forth and just give a quick answer, right? They're going to give you a definite course that you could investigate and see what's going on. Um, they're going to reveal some things about yourself that maybe you're like, oh my gosh, this is so validating. This is exactly what it rings true for me, you know? Sure. And there's going to be some other things that are kind of like, eh, <laughs> Maybe that doesn't fit, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way that any of these kind of assessments or anything could nail you exactly, right? Right, And so, um, you know, 
I think it's a great starting point. I think it's a great, uh, um, especially if you're trying to uncover, discover, and really have no kind of idea, you know, of where you want to go or what you want to do. But I would just always say to, you know, sit on it, digest it, don't take it as the final end all definition of who you are and really kind of run it through, um, some people that you love, you trust, you know, that are going to be able to give you some feedback on it. But do I identify as an ENFP? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm an INFP. Okay. I, don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while since I did that. But. Yeah. And you know, for shame on me, I don't even know my Enneagram number. Go! I know. Oh my goodness. I know. I know, I know. Please don't hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't add us, guys. Um, You can send us an email at praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. Yeah, and I can make a commitment after this to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Future episodes, Katie's going to tell us what our interview number is. Yeah, Yeah, I was just thinking of this phrase as you were talking that I think, um, you know, these things don't have to define us, but they can help us discover us. Yeah. You know, it's not like, a, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this thing tells me what I am. No. But it can be a tool, and there's some we're going to take, some we're going to leave. Yep. And I've found, like, the more assessments I've taken, it's helped me, yeah, those kind of those light bulb moments where it's like, yeah, that really, mm-hmm. that puts words to something I've felt about myself mm-hmm. that I, I couldn't have defined. And, and, yeah, I just, I feel a resonance with that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think in, inviting you know, people who know us and kind of cheer for us, you know, into that. And I'm like, hey, you know, here's my results on this thing. What do you guys think about it? I was like, yeah. do, do you see this in me? And it's like, oh, 100%. You know, right. like sometimes we, there's this moment of discovery where it's like, wow, you know, I didn't, I guess that is true, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it can help us lean into that that God uniqueness for each of us and find that that wholeness of, of integration of I'm living more and more into kind of how I've been uniquely made. I'm, I'm discovering my passion and um, it's an exciting thing, and mm-hmm. it's even it's more. It's, we can enjoy the journey more when our, the whole weight of our you know value isn't resting on how well we're doing. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's a good word. Mm-hmm. So maybe as we kind of start to land the plane here, uh, just and maybe you're sitting with somebody. Let's just say I come into your office. It's like, man, I'm I'm really twisted up on <laughs> like who I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just what people what people say about me just really gets to me. And I don't, I'm not even sure what I like. I don't even sure mm. what I prefer, you know, like what, what would just, what, what might the road to wholeness look like? You know, what might be some signposts along the way that I was coming to like as a place of openness? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, one, it is a journey, right? Especially if you come from like some traumatic backgrounds or things like that, you know, it's really been kind of, um, difficult to have the safety to find out pieces of who you are. But one thing that I kind of always encourage clients to do is to reflect on a moment that they felt um, really peaceful. And it's probably in the moments of peace, positive peace, that you felt like you were being either understood as you authentically were, um, loved, right, known. And so what was existing at that time? Were there things that you were doing? Was there something that you liked? Was there a thing that you felt accomplished about and really kind of rooting into, um, you know, some of those experiences. And then the other, if you really have no idea and you don't really know how to connect internally would be to connect externally with people that you really feel safe and loved and are kind of like your cheerleaders and like, Hey, what are five qualities that you see to be true in me? Right. Yeah. And see if there's some themes that kind of pop up and 
also in that with the open hand thing, right? With an open hand, you're able to hold on to the ones that resonate as true and let the ones that don't feel true fall to the ground. And so it's really um, being empowered to get some input and information and take some assessments and find some things out. Um, but really also taking the time to sit with it and really ponder, does this feel like it matches for me? Yeah. And you have permission to leave behind the ones that don't. Mm. Amen. And I was just kind of thinking on what you were saying there in that, that last phrase you said, permission to leave behind. I was thinking about sometimes kind of tangled up in our sense of identity can be relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe people who've connected with us when we've been living an mm -hmm. unhealthy version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm just thinking about maybe somebody maybe doing drugs and there are people that you did that with. And it's yeah. like, that's, I, that's not a healthy part of me. I'm mm -hmm. leaving that behind. But, you know, there's these complications of like these people who knew this part of me and I'm trying to leave that behind, but I don't want to you know, hate or disrespect these people, you know, mm -hmm. like how might I navigate that kind of the, maybe the relational challenges when I'm trying to live more fully into God's unique vision for me? Yeah. Well, I think you just hit on it. You said I'm leaving behind a part of me, mm. right? A part of something that I used to do, right? So if we're leaning into what now and three things were, right? Mm -hmm. Then what I did or the role I fulfilled are not the things that define who I am. Right. So I'm leaving a part of something that I used to do. Mm. Right. Um, and can I still interact with the people of that time relationally in a way that honors the part that I'm leaving behind, I mm. think becomes the question. Mm. Right. Yeah. Can I move forward um, into a more full version of myself while still honoring and loving the people that I'm leaving behind. Mm. And sometimes loving and honoring the people that you, um, might be leaving behind does mean a break in relationship for a while, yeah. but there's a way to do that in honor and to say, Hey, I really value you. And this is who I see you to be because you're mm. also not just a drug abuser. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Big stuff. <laughs> well uh, any final thoughts as we close out today's conversation well I think you know my final thought is like be uniquely you yes <laughs> embrace it love it because uh, we need you yeah mm. yeah as I just think about uh, my life and the things that have happened you know hard things beautiful things I think it's been one of the most you're talking about moments of peace you know liberating things that I felt to be able to just say out loud, I, I love the person that I'm becoming, Yeah, you know, and um, that the story that God's telling through my life, it includes pain, it includes mm -hmm. failure, mm -hmm. <laughs> it includes a lot of wrong turns and mistakes, Ditto. but as kind of the, kind of the curtain comes up on just sort of my life story and I'm d discerning more about who I'm becoming being able to embrace that mm -hmm. with all of the imperfection, all of the, mm -hmm. the process, um, just felt God's love and acceptance in that and, and a, a sense of freedom and urgency to really lean more into the unique calling that God has for my life and um, who he's made me to be. And that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm sure uh, that's our prayer for all yes. the people who are listening to this podcast, that that freedom, that just um, that peace, that wholeness could mm -hmm. be yours too. And uh, that's our prayer for you. Yeah. Well, as we close, just a reminder that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. 
Well, I want to say a huge thank you to Katie for joining me today live IRL um, in the <laughs> Three Crosses podcast studio, which is basically a closet, yeah. and uh, just helping us to engage with these really important topics. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks to you, uh, the listener, for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Wanted to remind you as well that if uh, today's podcast raised any questions for you, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. That's praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.